Buddy, hey, we're back at it. Yes, sir. A little double whammy here, a little behind the scenes, if you want to be truthful with everybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, whew. so one of my favorite podcasts every year, my SEC Media Days ballot, yeah. unveiling who I'm voting for. A lot of people do it at the end of media. That's when it's due, you know, and they announce all the winners and everything. I like to get mine out on the way down to Media Days, Shane, and thankfully this year. It ain't a far drive for me. It's right down the street here in Nashville. But uh, I'm ready to talk some SEC football, brother. How about you? Yeah, me too, man. This is my favorite because, again, we you can pump anybody up. You can you can expectations all come, but then you know then what do we feel like the season's going to look like at the end of the year? You right, know, right. and a lot of times we are completely wrong, Mike, and probably wrong on this one. But <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain when you get there uh, to these media days, you, you, you basically you got an app that they they sync up with you. And when you get there, one of the first things me and Mike does is is plug in uh, who we think we're gonna you know win, who who we think's gonna be the you know the best quarterback. Yep. Uh, you know you're picking all this stuff, so it's really really cool. Uh, it's and it's exciting, and I'm glad that we do it before we go down there because it ain't gonna change. You know what I'm saying? So let's go ahead and get it out there. What we think this season looks like, and uh, I'm excited because man, you know I'm doing these walks. Yep. Started out 100 days, then it got to 70 days and 60 days. We're down to 50 days. We're like a month and a half away from SEC football kicking off. I mean, that's crazy yeah. that you, you this off season is almost over. So I am ready for some college football action, man. And starting July 15th, by the way, uh, we're going to be at the Bearded Iris. Well, uh, well by the time this is out, we're, that's already done. Oh, you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was just I was just so used to plugging. Uh, hey, but at any rate, we got the SEC Media Days kicking off here. This is like for us, man. I don't know about you, but yeah, this yeah. is when the shit gets real. This is when it hits the fan. This is when we start talking about players. This is when we the kids are starting to check in at camps and stuff like that. You're praying to God nobody gets injured, and then you're you're watching your season starting to unfold. So, man, it's time, baby. Yeah. It is time for some football. <laughs> So where would you like to start, Shane? Doesn't matter to me. So I'm going to let you pick SEC East or SEC West. Which uh, which division would you like me to forecast first? Well, this first? is the last time that we'll have divisions, Mike. So let's go with the strongest division, the East. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Numbers. I like to start at the bottom. Number seven. I don't think it's much of a surprise. They're building. They're getting better. And this is not even a foregone conclusion anymore. It's been a foregone conclusion for about five, six years. But I still got Vanderbilt seventh, losing Ray Davis. Didn't add much via the transfer portal. They're not a big transfer portal. They're more uh, recruit and develop. So, I mean, they could get there. Hell, they won two SEC games last year. Let's see how many they win this upcoming season. But uh, I still think Vanderbilt and Clark Lee obviously got a long way to go before they can get up to to the five or six spot, I think. Well, let me ask you, Mike, uh, because you had the Kentucky win, you had mm-hmm. you had the Florida win, mm-hmm. you know, that's something nobody was expecting coming into last season. You're losing, you know, your quarterback. Uh, say what you want. I, I know there's a lot a lot of Mike Wright lovers out there. And, and A.J. Swan, we just did our quarterbacks a couple of days ago, a couple of hours ago. But, uh, you know, we, we were high on him. Yeah. But there is going to be a little bit of a drop-off. Do you think – 
do you think – let me ask you, because I feel like Vanderbilt has moved up. You know, I feel like they're they be- They're going to be better than last year. How close, when you're looking at the, the top seven here, how close is seven to six? You know, you, years past, Vanderbilt, like the seller, right. a guaranteed victory. Well, you can't really mark that anymore. So, how far, how far do you think they've come up this year? I mean, it's almost neck and neck. Seriously, do you think do you think there's a scenario that plays out where Vanderbilt is not the seventh best team in the East or seventh worst? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Definitely. They're, I mean, the team. I love it. I love it. That's what ne- next on my list. They beat them last year. That's what I love, man. That's why I love. We love it when it's close. I don't like when the top is right. too far away and the bottom is too far away. We like it mixed up because every Saturday it's a freaking ball game. So all right. All right, number six, and I caught a ton of heat, Shane, from saying this quarterback 14th in the SEC, but this is plays into it, Florida. Number six in the East. I just don't have confidence, man. I, how could you? I mean, maybe they turn it around after losing the number four overall player in the draft. Golly, B- Billy Napier, come just on. Just when I pull you back. <laughs> I get the Gator Nation back. You just shit on. Now here's here's the fairness, Shane. Nick Saban lost to ULM his first year. Kirby lost to Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and not a. I mean, at the time Tennessee was actually pretty good, but he hasn't lost to him since. So you can overcome rough debuts. You certainly can. This is the year we find out, and it's that sucks for Billy Napier that it's year two, and we're like, all right, this is your make or break. But I think it kind of is. Billy Napier, is he going to make it? Is he going to thrive in Gainesville? The recruiting says yes. Recruiting basically means nothing to me anymore, Shane, because of the transfer portal. Yeah. All these coaches change. These guys are out. Yeah. They hit that portal, they go to option B. I mean, it's it's like nothing. Yeah. If he gets fired before, they may not even sign with him. I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't want to go that, that far down the road. But I just don't have confidence in Florida. They got worse at the end of the season. And they got a tougher schedule. And they got a worse quarterback. And we hired a 29-year-old defensive coordinator. Maybe he's awesome, but right. Nick Saban hired him and said, you can be my linebacker's coach. So the guy that Nick Saban says is only good enough to be – and he had an open defensive coordinator spot. It's not like they couldn't promote him. He said, no, nah, you're, you're a linebacker's coach. Billy says, no, nah, you're my defensive coordinator. Now, maybe Billy's right. I mean, we – hell, I think Nick Saban's slipping a little. Maybe that's maybe that's another <laughs> sign Nick Saban's slipping. He but. let another one out. Yeah. <laughs> this is why, why he should retire. No, my, I, I, I get you. I get you. And Florida, that's been the narrative all summer long, Mike. Yeah. This is, is a pile up on the Gators. Yep. They're not going to do it. I mean, yes, the recruiting is exciting, and I think that's important for this fan base because – the future doesn't look bleak. It'd be one right, thing right. if you were losing and you weren't bringing talent in. Right. But I, I think Florida is going to continue to get better. It is a it's a freaking giant down there. Nobody wants Florida to be good. Tennessee Vols especially, you know, nobody wants Florida to succeed. So, but they do that by bringing in talent and then also catching a few people off guard here, Mike. And and I think they do catch a few people off guard this season. I think, man, when you're looking at the Florida Gators, it's easy to look at worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. But best-case scenario, they succeed. I mean, yeah. what happens if they beat Utah? What happens if they catch the Tennessee balls off guard yep. or, or they pull off a huge you see upset? Joe Milton's already running his mouth. He said, well, I don't lose in Florida. He's, he's from down there. You don't do that, man. <laughs> I mean, when you live – 
<laughs> Trust me, man. You do not. You don't give them fuel. You right, know. Right. I, I get it. It's fun. I like. That's shit the path to Florida overachieving for sure. Overachieving. Keep the recruits in yep. that you got on the boat. You can keep adding to that number and catch a few folks off guard and have a winning season. Go to a bowl game, and then that launches you into a next season where you've got real potential because there are some dudes that are coming in potentially that could change this roster overnight, Mike. Yeah. So there's a lot to be excited about but vegas has you at what five and a half wins something yep, like that i mean they they're not they don't think you have it mike clearly doesn't think you have it you know but maybe that's the fuel you need maybe that's what you need the whole world against you and and then you not you're not that locker room and get some freaking victory so there's only only room up to go up you know yep well how about number five shane now here's where things get a little hazy i'm gonna lose some people i think South Carolina, number five. And I think really what this says, Shane, South Carolina fans are going to take it as I'm a butthurt Tennessee fan and I hate the Gamecocks. But to me, Shane, what it says is the gap between two and five is minimal. That's what it says to me. Because I think South Carolina's got the best special teams in the country. They got a quarterback that can beat any team any given Saturday. And maybe he's a lot better than I anticipate he will be. And if he does, South Carolina will rise. But they've got a tough schedule. Again, offensive and defensive lines are a question mark. Only two scholarship running backs. Uh, I don't know what they got at skill positions outside of Juice Wells. I mean, they're counting on Trey Knox to be a, a game breaker at tight end. He never was that at Arkansas. That doesn't mean he won't be here, but he never was really at Arkansas. It's I mean, tight end you. I mean, <laughs> right, right. So, I don't know. The defense kind of came apart. Run defense particularly. Last season was an issue. I this I think this says more about the schedule than it does the Gamecocks. But I got South Carolina number five in the East right now. Well, and I don't want to get this get lost because I think what you said made sense. Two to five is you can make the argument either one. I I, I think yeah. that's the important part here is that I when I look at the East. I look at competition, man. There is going to be some damn ball games. And maybe even two through six with Florida. I, if yeah, Florida absolutely. does a little bit better. Absolutely. So, you could jumble all this around. There's one clear winner, one clear loser, and the rest of them are going to be neck to neck. Right, so, right. Um, but you got you can't you can't do a tie. you got to pick somebody. And I think you're right. I think the scheduling is a big part of it. I think the, the, the big uglies up front is a big part of it. It's tough to compete in the SEC with with not good line play. Look at Kentucky last year. You know, they could have won uh, the second in the SEC East, in my opinion, but that offensive line held them back tremendously. So, does that come together in South Carolina? Does I mean, they lost some pieces. Does the defensive line come together? I don't know, man. I, I, I That's too many question marks for me right now. I love the quarterback. I love the wide receiver. I, I think they've got potential. I love what the buzz that they created in South Carolina. These these fans are all in, man. Yeah. There was true home field advantage when you go to Williams-Brice Stadium. But the, the, the fact of the matter is they got a tough schedule. They got a lot of question marks. So I, I'm not going to argue this one, Mike. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be stunned if they finished third but you got them at fifth you got to put somebody here so i get it number four you talked me into this one missouri tigers i mean how many (laughs) moving on up aboard i I think missouri's in for a eight and four type year yeah 10 and two whatever yeah Yeah. the defense i mean the defense is great i think uh luther burden takes that next step they got a soft quarterback i mean that's a big question mark whether it's brady cook whether it's garcia the miami transfer whether it's sam horn 
I'd rather have three options than no options. Yeah. And I, no options, that's not fair. But last year they really only had Brady Cook. Yeah. And they had no one behind him. Sam Horn wasn't ready. So now you got three quality options. You got to get something out of one of those guys. If we don't, I hate to say it, because particularly in the offseason, Shane, I don't like to be negative here, and I don't like to say we got to be firing this guy and firing that guy. I hate that because we, we try to build everyone up. You're right. But if Mizzou does not win, you know, seven games minimum, I think we really got a question. What what are we doing here with drink? Because we, we have got to take a step forward. Right. Now, maybe that that's – you know, if you lose to Georgia by one, you lose to Tennessee by three, you lose to uh, Arkansas by two on the road. I mean, I'm not saying we sit here and fire the guy. But if we're getting blown out by everybody and their mother, that's this is a, different a big story. year, Mike. This is a big, big year, and and the schedule is the easiest it's going to be from here on out. Right. I'm telling you right now, this yeah. is it. I, you just gave Eli the extension, and and <laughs> you brought up on Feinbaum. You know, it's not worth the paper it's written on. So, but everything Missouri is not a easy school to recruit to, but the state is helping you out. Yeah, you know you're able to start giving these kids money. Um, I, I think you know I love the 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 buzz up there. I mean these fans are dialed in. Yeah, you know there's gonna there'll be sold out crowds up there, and on top of that you've got one of the best receivers in the country. You've got Cook, which I think takes a big step forward. You know we just did our quarterbacks. I think you know I made the argument I think he should be higher up the list because I really do think Cook takes the the step forward. Um, I love this. I absolutely love this defense. I'm in love with this defense, Mike. I'm telling you, brother. These these guys are legit. They're deep. They're they're ugly, man. They're mm-hmm. mean and ugly, and that's what you need in the SEC. And so this is a team that I could make an argument for second spot or or where you've got them here on the fourth spot. I, I think this is a big year for Mizzou, and if they don't capitalize on it, yes, I'm with you, brother. we gotta, we got to start asking some some tough questions about drink here. At worst, they should be 4-1 and one right out the gate. Absolutely. And the only one is Kansas State, which is a good program, but you're getting in them home. I mean, I think fans anticipate five and zero, and they should. Yeah. But I, you know, what I'm saying, if they're three and two, we let's just start the hot seats talk. I'm, I'm with you because they're, they're not going to they're not going to go through yeah. the SEC if, at, after three and two. You, you know? lose to Kansas State because Kansas State lost a lot of players, brother. Right. You get you get beat by these guys. You, you should not be threatened by Kansas State. Mizzou should be able. I mean, if you look roster top to bottom, your roster is better than theirs. You're at home. Beat the shit out of them. So yep. I'm with you here. All right, so this is the team, Shane. I think their fans want to kill me currently, but they've not been listening to the show because I've been singing their praises all off season. Give me Kentucky Wildcats, number three in the East. I think they make a big bounce back. They could finish number two. We'll get to two in a minute, but they host number two at home. The problem for Kentucky, they go to Georgia, and they host Alabama. Not saying they can't win those games. Right. They, they could probably win both of them, but that's very, very unlikely. Yeah. The, the the problem is you got to split one of those if you really want to finish second in the East probably. But Kentucky, a lot to like. I think Brad White, maybe the best defensive coordinator in the SEC, Liam Cohen, was outstanding his one year as offensive coordinator. He's back. We already sung the praises of the, the transfer quarterback, Devin Leary. Ray Davis we love. We love the receivers. We love everything but the offensive line, basically. <laughs> and this is supposed to be offensive line U. I think they get that back in order. Kentucky, number three, and I, Shane, I was a hair away from putting them number two in the East. I, I really was. Yeah, we, you know, I was watching, uh, I guess I did the Big Orange Walks, 
And I put one up there the other day when uh, Terry threw that 54-yard bomb down there in the swamp. And one of the comments has said, look at this damn offensive line. You know, and I, re- I, I jumped back on there and I watched. And I was like, golly, man, Kentucky used to have some dudes. You know what I'm saying? And yep. that's what they got to get back to. And if they figure that out – Brother, this team could be dangerous. This team could be really, really dangerous. And then, let's just say, best case scenario, they do figure it out. Then Georgia and Alabama isn't a isn't a miracle victory anymore. It's right. just if if we play ball and we create a few mistakes on that side, it's a potential win. So that's yeah. where Kentucky's at. And I think if you're a Wildcat fan, you're you're tickled pink. And three, yeah, they're going to use it as fuel, Mike, because they hate you to death. Uh, you know, I think Matt Jones has got a picture <laughs> of your face in the. Back basement next to his punching bag you know so I, I whatever helps him get through but but mike this is this is where we're at with kentucky and i think it's a pivotal season uh, i mean obviously they went out in the portal and they made a lot of good things happen but i think this is a big year for them because if they are truly going to take that step forward and be that program that can be considered the elite of the sec they're going to have to do it now yep. absolutely now and i i love that you use that florida reference because I think it was 31 years Florida beat them in a row. Yeah, 30, 33 maybe. So, yeah, yeah it's crazy, crazy like yeah. that. Now they flip that. They own Florida. They get Florida at home again. So that's a big game. But we anticipate Kentucky. I mean, hell, Kentucky meets them every year now. So, Mike, if I told you that 15 years ago, if I said, hey, in 15 years you're going to beat the shit out of Florida every year, would you believe me? No. No. <laughs> you know? Like, where? Did we transfer? Did we move somewhere? Are we first European team? What's going on here? You know? <laughs> So, number two, I got the Tennessee Vols. I don't yeah. any surprise there. Uh, tone of faith in Josh Hype. The only reason I didn't even consider them for one, Shane, again, we did the quarterback rankings earlier. Just not fully bought in on Joe Milton. But if he takes that next step, if he is elite, if he is the top quarterback in the SEC, they host Georgia. They go to Bama. I don't think they're afraid of Bama anymore. A&M's a tough game, but... I don't know. I think that this is going to be the best defense. And I, I love the fact that people, when they mock Tennessee's defense, because that just tells me they don't really watch these games. They yeah. don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They watched the South Carolina game. Admittedly, a lot of people heard about that game yeah. and watched it because they got torched. But that's not Tennessee defense we saw for 13 games last year. That was a defense. That was an outlier game. Now, that was awful. we got to call it awful when it's awful. But as long as they don't play like that, they will contend for the East. Yeah, They can play with anybody. Because they got the best coach, offensive coordinator coach, play caller in all of college football, in my opinion. Him and Lane Kiffin, one and two, Josh Heupel. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's going to be – they're going to be fun. And with that offense, they're in every game. Every game. And, and, and the adjustments. It's not like you're a one-trick pony. A lot of people like to put Heupel as a, as a one-trick pony. He comes out he runs one-style offense. This is a team that – constantly molded last year and, and new wrinkles of their offense, you know. As soon as yeah. the de- it's chess match. As soon as the defense figures it out, let's do this. As soon as the defense figures that out, let's do that, you know. They so, schooled Alabama in the red zone. Yeah. That's yeah. where Alabama used but to hold people. When they go down there to Tuscaloosa, they're not going to run the same plan right. that they did last year. It's going to be totally different. That's what I love about it because Tennessee – Finally hired a coach that is thinking ahead of the times, you know. And a lot of people think it's gimmicky on the offense, but say whatever. When it comes down to the game, it's who put up the most points. And and Tennessee's putting up a shit ton of points, and that's why I love them. And you can't count them out in any football game just because of that recipe that Josh Hopple has. Yeah, 
Well, I'm cracking this one open for them <laughs> dogs, Shane. They've been so great to us. They're number one in the East. You got to be damn crazy not to have Georgia first in the East. Now, they got to earn it. But if you look at that schedule, I mean, there's no way. I mean, they could drop a game or two. They'll still probably win the East. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, they're just loaded across the board. Yeah. The biggest things, and I continue to say this, biggest question mark I have, new offensive coordinator, new starting quarterback, new starting offensive tackles. Those are question marks those are real question marks but those are those are question marks they have to solve before the playoff and thankfully they got 12 13 games before they get to the playoff you know what I mean so I think they'll get there uh I think they're gonna have the best defense in the country I think they got the best coach in the country uh yeah I mean the dogs are not slowing down anytime soon no I mean it's almost crazy you know what I'm saying like Georgia's always been a good team but not a great team yeah. You know, and now they're just a great team. And then you're looking at that roster reloading, reloading. You're like, how long are they going to be a great team? You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I, I just I, I'm, I'm watching some old highlights, you know, because, uh, again, back to these walks. And I'm looking at like, man, Georgia just finally figured it out. They finally figured they out. They were cursed, Shane, for a long, long yeah. time. It's almost like the 1980s joke yeah. carried on for 40 years, Mike. And then now it's like you can't what, you can't say anything about it. Well, they they were cursed, and now they're reaping the rewards. You know what I mean? They're on the other side of it. So they got they got dissed for forty years, like you said. Now they get to be kings of the mountain. You know what? Golly, they're in the fast lane. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right, SEC West, Shane. It breaks my heart to do this. This this is the most stupid thing I, I see annually. Is these fans saying, oh, everybody disrespects us. They always pick us last. They they basically talked me into picking them last. I've, I think I've done it one time in my entire career, Shane. Have I picked this team to finish dead last in the West? I'm doing it again. I know. He won't fucking, he's probably from Mississippi <laughs> yeah. State, Shane, because I got the Bulldogs number seven in the West. And, again, that speaks to just the, the overall depth and talent of the SEC West. I don't think Mississippi State's bad. I think they're going to continue their bowl streak which is the third longest in the entire SEC. Only Georgia and Alabama have longer bowl streaks than Mississippi State. I just think with like an entirely new coaching staff, the, the transition, I think it's just going to be tough, Shane. And I, I like the moves other West teams have made. And I like the moves Mississippi State made. I mean, I think they'll be – I don't know. I, I don't know who to pick seventh in the West. So, I, I'm going yeah, Mississippi that's, State. That's what's kind of wild when you're comparing the East and the West. It's, it's, the top is a little bit more clear. You know, it, it's it feels like it's filtered down to two or three teams, you know. Right. But the bottom, it's like, well, I can make an argument that this guy is the worst or this team is the worst or this team is better. So, I'm not going to argue with you here. I'm trying to think. Now, they get eight games at home. The only I, I would say because the Auburn, that, that's the only yeah, one that, that's, that, that's that, a tricky that, one. That, that stands out a little to me because, again – did they bring – yes, did they brought a lot of talent in, got a new coach, new things happening. And so if I'm leaning more toward those, my list is going to be a little bit different because I think Auburn will figure it out, but it'll be toward the end of the season. Yeah, you know, Mississippi yeah. State's going to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Well, that's who I got six, Shane Auburn. Yeah. And it, it, I'm saying it's neck and neck. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of Hugh Freeze the person. Are, 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 but are you – Blown away. I, I'm not to pull from Mississippi State, but would you be blown away at the end of the season? You said Mississippi State finished third. No. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I, I think. I think the big thing I have against Mississippi State, Shane, the defense has been good. 
that's been carrying the program, and they're like 12th or 13th in returning production on defense. So we're talking one of the most inexperienced units in the, in the conference. I think they'll still be solid. But at Mississippi State, it's different. If, if Alabama's 14th across the board in returning production. Yeah. They can get away with that. Yeah. Because they got a million five-stars. Mississippi State doesn't have that. So when you're losing all this production, you can't just snap your fingers and replace it. I mean, it's dra- it's it's recruit and develop. And can they do that overnight with a new coaching staff? I don't know. I, I just I, – I, I don't have confidence in well, it. Let me and, – and rest in peace, the Pirate, if, if – he were coming back. Yeah. Would you have him higher on this list? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So so part of that factored in is Zach Arnett. First what year. Is this te- yeah. Right. What does this team look like? A little bit of Never a Never been in that yeah. seat. Yeah. This okay. Is, this is not the league for your first time. <laughs> no. You know no, what I mean? No. And I wish him the best. I really right, do. Right. I mean, it would be a success story like Coach O at LSU, you know. Right. I mean, you, you, all of a sudden you build this thing up into a championship team. Not blown away if that happens. I love that you have Will Rogers back. And I know we're going to get back to Auburn, but it, it's just I, – I, we're not disrespecting Mississippi State here. I'm going to have them a little bit higher on my list just because I think they do have some pieces back in key positions right. that I think helps them out. Even when you mentioned defense, well, I think having Zach Arnett as your coach that has identified this talent and made those defenses in the past, I think that is a benefit, you know. Yeah. No, I mean I, I mean I'm right there with you. I'm torn on it, but I I just kind of have you to You got to put it. somebody there. Right, exactly. So even Auburn at 6, it, it I mean their fans are going to be disrespected and think, yeah. "How the fuck did you get out 6?" Well, I mean, completely new offense, new coaching staff, new quarterback, a lot changing on the planes. I think the future is bright. They're killing it in recruiting, killed it in the transfer portal. This may be too low for them, but um, you catch Georgia, you catch Bama every year. <laughs> if you're <laughs> those are the wrong two to catch if you're Auburn, but that's who you're stuck with. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- thankfully they get uh, Vanderbilt this year. Otherwise, I mean, we're talking toughest schedule in the country so uh there's just too many unknowns for me to put auburn any higher they could easily could finish higher than this but there's just too many new moving parts yeah i get you man auburn's one of the i mean that is a true like question mark i know that's cliche and and everybody wants to pile up on that but hugh freeze you know what if he's what if if he just wrecked i mean what if he just just surprises everybody like like Brian did last year. Yeah. What if what if Thorne is legit? What if he comes in and just takes over that offense and then, you know, just becomes – I mean, this is going to be a high-scoring offense. I think it's going to be exciting. Auburn hasn't had that in a long time. So, I think brighter days are ahead. It's just this transition, it's so tough to come into the SEC, build a program right there out of the gate and be competitive and win it. So – um, it's a rarity what what Kelly did last year. So I, I'm with you here. I, I'm I'm a little low on Auburn, but the ceiling is higher and right. the future is brighter. Yeah. So number five, I I've even got the koozie here, shared my love for the Arkansas Razorbacks, but I got Arkansas number five. And again, this is not being disrespectful, but a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Defense was atrocious. How far can they go in one year? If the defense is a lot better, they're going to be higher up this list. Because they got the best receiver, or excuse me, quarterback and running back combo with Rocket Sanders and KJ, probably in the entire country. But that's the beauty of football, Shane. It's not a two-man, it's not basketball. You know what I mean? It's an 85-man game. And I just don't know how deep they are, how talented they are. They got 
I don't know. I I mean, I'm sitting here saying fifth in the West. They could probably go eight and four. Yeah, eight and four. You can win some leagues at eight and four. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But at the SEC West, that puts you about fifth in in the league. Uh, Arkansas number five for me. Any any debate there? No, it's the defense. The defense yeah. is lingering in, in the question marks. There's a there's a <laughs> our fans are some of the funniest people out there. But there's a picture floating around that's got Cook and comparing him to KJ Jefferson. And one of my favorite comments was like, if KJ was going against our secondary, <laughs> he would have won the Heisman. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's like they've got a lot of pieces. I think we just did the quarterback show. We think KJ is a gem, man. He's an absolute stud, number one quarterback in the SEC. And I mean, you could argue there's some, a lot of good quarterbacks, but I think he's that good. Yeah. And that's having that potential is going to keep you in any ball game that you play in in the SEC. And it has kept them in a lot of ball games. So, hopefully he stays healthy. I can see them moving up the list. But the question marks, again, that float around the defense. Did they look in the spring? Yes. Is Coach Pittman saying the right things in the in the offseason? Yes. So, I'm starting to buy in. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have Arkansas probably a little bit higher on my list because, you know, I'm optimistic on that side. Right. But – would I be surprised if, if it's not as good and then we're sitting there at the fifth in the SEC? No, I wouldn't be blown away. Well, you could easily, the next couple, you could switch out. Yeah. But I got Ole Miss fourth. Uh-huh. And, again, we did the quarterback show. I think the world – I think Jackson Dart's going to take that big step. Jokins is elite. I think they knocked it out of the park with Pete Golding at defensive coordinator because I, I think that's going to be a massive upgrade. Not that he's like the world's best defensive coordinator, but he's significantly better. We've seen it – when he was at uh, UTSA, the job he did at, for UTSA's defense, I just think Ole Miss, and unfortunately for them, they kept Georgia out of the East. So maybe I should have put them a little bit lower. But I annually, Shane, I don't know what to do with Ole Miss with all these transfers and Lane Kiffin. I mean, he it seems like he wins games he shouldn't. He loses games he shouldn't. So they're tough for me to gauge. But I I just think that uh, I, I respect him as a head coach. I, I, I think Ole Miss is going to be a little bit better than people are anticipating. Ole Miss could be this year's LSU, you know, and that's that's true. I mean, there's something weird. There's something brewing out there. And yeah. then I'm, I'm like in the back of my mind thinking, is this the year? Is this the year? Like, I mean, he's all in. Got that new contract. They're they're dialed in. There's no more question marks floating around. Where's Lane going next season and all that stuff? He's at Ole Miss. He's 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 went out there. He got 15 quarterbacks. He's he's still going to keep the guy that he has. I think Jackson takes that step forward this year. I think they got the best running back in the SEC. Sorry, Arkansas. I just think he's that damn good. Um, you know, so you got those two things working for you. You're in any ball game that you play in. And if they can figure out the defense, if, and it doesn't have to be a great defense. It doesn't have to be the steel curtain or anything. Just got to keep them in the ball games. That means Ole Miss is in every every matchup that they have. So I am, I am leery of putting them higher, but I'm also – I don't see him going lower either. I think Ole Miss is gonna is is potentially gonna have a, an awesome season this year. Now here's where I'm gonna lose people, Shane. You've already lost him, Mike. You already <laughs> lost him. <laughs> There's a dozen beers on yeah. the table. For, we can't see the table here, but number three in the West, Alabama, all the way down the list, Shane. This is the worst coaching staff that Nick Saban has ever had on, at Alabama. I think so. Even last year, I know so talking with people that do these these gradings. 
shout out Dave Bar 2 Matrix Analytical, they don't have a single coordinator or position coach that's rated as the best at his position in the SEC. Now, Nick Saban's elite, greatest yeah. of all time. This is That's not an indictment on him. But quarterback's a huge issue. Offensive coordinator's an issue. I love the fact, Shane, you see like Kurt Herbstreit, I don't know if you saw this, he was on Pat McAfee, he says, Alabama's winning it all. And he said, I haven't done any research, but Alabama's winning. Like, yeah, that's the people that are picking Alabama. They've not done their research, Shane. Offensive line, they're assuming we're just going to be road graders because we got four good running backs. They have not been road graders. They couldn't run the ball in Tennessee last year. They cannot run the ball when it matters most in the SEC, and they've not been able to because they don't – I guess they don't recruit the – I don't know what the hell is going on there. But what Georgia does, that's what Alabama used to do. They cannot enforce their will on opponents anymore. They lost to Brian Kelly year one. They lost a division to Brian Kelly year one. I think we've – it's it's been in decline, and this is the year everybody's like, my God, it is. In, I I just think I'm a year ahead of everybody, Shane. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, it's funny because every time we do these media day picks, it's always like Alabama number one, easy. Alabama number one, easy. And then it feels like the years that you got a question mark, like you're saying that this is the year that they're not going to do it. What do they do? They go out and they win a national championship. <laughs> so I'm with Kurt Herbstreit here, Mike. I think I think Alabama – I mean, they got so much talent down there. Not that all these other rosters that we're about to discuss They did last don't. year too, Shane. I know, I know, Number Mike. one and number three overall But pick. I think they got pigeonholed, man. I think they had to play a certain style of football last year, and I don't think they have to do that. I think they transition a little bit. They're going to mimic a little bit what Georgia does, and that's typically what Bama does. What is working out there, yeah. let's copy it. You know, and make it better because we got the talent. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what they do. They take the step forward. They establish that running game early and often, and they don't need a quarterback to sling it out there. You know, fifty times a game. You don't need that. So I, I think Alabama takes it. I think people are. I know it's crazy. People are sleeping on Alabama, but they're sleeping on Alabama this year, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know who I'm not sleeping on, and I'm gonna regret this like hell probably. Texas, Texas A&M, A&M. number on. two, baby. <laughs> so this this ties into my quarterback ranking. Connor Wigman, number five. I had him in the quarterback rankings. I think A&M, this is the year. If it's not the year, let's fire Jimbo's ass. Let's get his ass out of there. Bring someone quality in here. I just I love the defensive line, Shane. I think that's the most one of the most critical, you know, one or two positions in it in college football. I like the quarterback, obviously. Bring back everybody on the offensive line. Receivers are stout. We just signed a five-star running back. Got a great secondary. What the hell's the problem here? Let's yeah. get it. We're hosting Alabama. Home field advantage, yeah. I mean, this this has got to be the year. I mean, come on. I mean, they may even win it. You know what I mean? But they have to go to my number one. We'll get to them in a minute. So that's, But they beat them last year. So uh, A&M's got all the pieces. I, I think that's the key there. You know, and last year I picked them to win it all. And – I think that was a year off, Mike, because I'm with you here, man. They got they got the big uglies on both sides of the ball. They've got a quarterback that I think takes that step forward. They got one of the best, if not the best, receiving room in the country. I mean, Texas A&M, how can you not fall in love with this program? I love College Station. I love the environment. I'd love to get – dude, I'd love to get down there and watch a damn ball game. Yeah. Me and you, we got to put that one on our list. Brother, this is a year I think Texas A&M figures it out. Mm-hmm. And, and 
So when you're looking at the top three, and naturally you haven't mentioned LSU, so we know they're going to be in the mix here, but LSU, Texas A&M, and then you've got here uh, uh, Alabama. Alabama. I think that is a three-headed monster, and either one of those can come out. And I would not be surprised if it were Texas A&M this year. It just depends on Jimbo Fisher. Does he release the reins? Does he let Bobby Cook, you know, if he does that, I really think that there can be a, a special season ahead for the for the Aggies this year. Yeah, so obviously LSU number one. But uh, it, it's interesting that you say that, Shane, because you look at Alabama, they host LSU, they host Tennessee, A&M hosts Alabama, they go to Tennessee, but LSU, brother, they host A&M. They do go to Alabama, but they don't. They avoid tennis. They avoid them balls. That we're, we're to that point, Shay, where you avoid Tennessee, you're on a leg up. But yeah, uh, they ain't got to worry about that <laughs> loss this year, do they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, man, I, I mean, Brian Kelly. All the jokes aside, we he won me over last yeah. year, and the job he did with I the, know. them Tigers. And I just think all the pieces they're bringing back. They added the best linebacker from the Pac-12 to put him next to Perkins. Yeah. Their best defensive player, their best player overall, they were saying, Mason Smith, he got knocked out the first series of the season. He's back. Put him next to an All-American on the defensive line. Year two, I mean, t- these elite coaches always take a – I mean, it's Urban Meyer. It's uh, – I think it was Jim Trestle, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Uh, all these coaches in year two either win a national championship or go to a national championship – there's something to that. That year two, Josh Heupel, they went from seven to eleven. I mean, yeah. these great coaches, Lane Kiffin won ten games, all time SEC or Ole Miss record, ten regular season. If you're a good coach, year two, your team takes a big jump. I think the, they have all the pieces at LSU to get that done. The offensive line was a train wreck. It was a strength by the end of the year. Uh, Jaden Daniels, we already talked all about him. Harold Perkins, probably the best defensive player in all the country. They've added a ton of defensive transfers on the edge and at, in the secondary to shore that up. they got to fix special teams. That's a, that's, a, that's an issue. Yeah. They fired his ass. They fired the special teams coach. I think LSU gets it done. They host A&M. At Alabama is going to be tricky. Alabama probably even wins that game. But I still don't – I don't think that will be enough because I think Alabama will lose some other games to keep them from winning the West. So, yeah, maybe it's like a three-way tie and somehow LSU comes out ahead. Because i got LSU not only winning the West – but winning the SEC and going to the playoff, winning the national championship. Damn, you're all in, man. <laughs> yeah. All in. And which it's means, so funny. Which means they'll go five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is good. this is definitely getting clipped. Uh, and, and it's funny because Brian Kelly, I, I, I hate L- I hate Notre Dame. I absolutely hate him. And so when he came over, I just wanted him to suck, you know. Right, just right. part of that Notre Dame. And, and maybe Alabama fans are like, well, maybe this is a good thing, you know, because maybe you know, we, we – pretty much recruited all of Notre Dame. Maybe we'll do good, you know. <laughs> but, hell, even Monte Teo, I'm watching that, that video, and I'm like, you know what? The bastard had it coming. You know? So, it's like <laughs> – so, I'm just not a Notre Dame fan at all. But but I will say what they did last year was truly magical. And, and I think the sexy pick is LSU right now for out of the West. And I'm also with you here, Mike. I, I think there's a real shot that whoever represents the West in the SEC – will not be the one that wins the national championship. Okay, I know you kind of went back piggybacked it, but I feel like it's going to be one of those years where whoever 
makes it to the West, they're not the true contender of who's playing in the college football oh, playoffs. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think we're going to find ourselves in a one-loss scenario here. Whether it be Texas A&M, whether it be LSU, whether it be Alabama, there's going to come a game, they lose that one, but they don't have to play that SEC championship and they make the college football playoffs. It feels like that type of season, right. in my opinion. So, whether it plays out that way, I don't know. But – Mike, I think it's going to be a fantastic season, brother. And I mean, just the final one before Texas previewing these games, you know? man. And I, I, I always, always try to be positive and think of best case scenario. And then it's like, well, I can't pick this best case scenario because I'm shitting on these guys because I think <laughs> they got the roster, you know. So you're just doing this back and forth, brother. I'm, I'm totally excited. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm pumped up. Football season is here. We're going to get to see it a little over a month from now, and. Uh, I love it, man. I'm just in love. I'm in love with college football. How can you not be? You know, I just this is what this is what gets us through the year. Sometimes, you know. Oh yeah. You're getting there, and you're talking to your buddies at work and stuff. Did you see the game last night? Oh yeah, yeah. We need to fire his ass. You know. <laughs> it's like that's why we do it. So let me ask you this though about LSU because yeah. I, I have heard the criticism. They're like, well, they got their ass kicked by Georgia. Yeah. They got their ass kicked by Tennessee. Uh, they lost to A and M, which that's an that's a terrible loss. Should not have lost that game. Yeah. But is that an indictment on the team, or in my mind, the way I'm looking at it is like, you're absolutely right. But Brian Kelly took a team that didn't belong on the field as Georgia, that appeared to not belong on the field with Tennessee, and won the toughest division in college football. He pieced that thing together. Florida State for three and a half quarters, they looked awful. Mike, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real, real with you here for a second. If LSU and Alabama were playing tomorrow, would you really think – I mean, let's say neutral side. Where's the side. game played? Let's oh. say neutral side over in Jerry's world. Give me All LSU. Right. See, I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, even if I were saying that, the gut in me is saying, yeah, but, you know, that's if things go well. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's what gets lost sometimes. We want – it's sometimes we want some of these other programs to do well. You know, I think that's why people are so excited when Georgia first won a national championship. They didn't do it for 40 years. So you're, Something different. Something different. It wasn't Alabama, you know. So, right. I think part of us wants LSU to be this team, to yep. be the national championship team. But in your gut, you're like, fuck, it's Nick Saban, though, you know. <laughs> it's like even me, a Tennessee fan, we're watching this game. We're like, hell, yeah, we're going to beat them. We pulled, we predicted the upsets and everything. But you you know me and you were both lying to everybody when we thought that. So, Because in the gut, we're like, we know exactly how this is going to play out. Saban's going to end up putting three touchdowns on us here in the fourth quarter. So, that's kind of – but – that's why this year feels different than years past. Maybe maybe not so much last year, but definitely the, the years prior to that, is that this group is truly close. Yeah. LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, these guys are close. And, and to say who you think is going to win an SEC championship, you're lying. It's All it is is a gut check here right, at this right. point. You're trying to pick your favorite, and you're thinking, hey, Brian Kelly's going to take that leap forward. I get that, Mike. I totally understand. But then part of you is like, yeah, but why are we shitting on Nick Saban all of a sudden, man? I mean, the roster's loaded. Yeah, they had a bad crop of coordinators, but guess what? They got rid of them, and, and they got some new dudes in there. Or, or college takes. What does Jimbo does? He goes out and he gets one of the best offense coordinators, best offense minds. If he lets it loose and lets that talent cook, who knows what's going to happen? So right. that's why we love SEC football, especially this year, because I'm truly telling you, man, this, this group is closer than it's ever been. 
Yeah, I know. That's going to make for one hell of a season. You know what? <laughs> yeah, no, man. I can't wait, brother. There's going to be some upsets. There's going to be some pissed-off fans. There may be some two-loss SEC teams making the SEC championship. We don't know. But uh, we'll definitely be covering it all the way. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. I think that's going to cut it, man. Yeah. I appreciate you for showing Absolutely. up and uh, appreciate the audience for tuning in, man, and, and send all their hate mail to me. Yeah, that's right. SEC Mike. Don't, don't send it to Shane. I didn't have anything to do with these lists. <laughs> I don't know. I put mine out there on media days. <laughs> Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.